The following Taisho by Shinge Roshi, Roko Sheri Shayet, was recorded at Dai Bosatsu Zendo Kangoji in the Catskill Mountains. This recording is part of a series on the Mumukan, the Gateless Gate Koan Collection. They are offered for free. We welcome your financial support. To contribute and for further information, please visit www.zenstudies.org or www.zencenterofsyracuse.org. Thank you. Mumon Khan, Case 8. K2, the Wheelmaker. Getan Osho said, K2, the first wheelmaker, made a cart whose wheels had a hundred spokes. Now, suppose you took the cart and removed both the wheels and the axle. What would you have? Mumon's comment. If you can directly penetrate this, your eye will be like a shooting star, your spirit like a flash of lightning. Mumon's verse. When the spiritual wheel turns, even a master fails to understand. It travels in all directions, above and below, north, south, east, and west. Today is April 6th, 2011, the fifth day of our Holy Days session. And we held the commemoration for Master Rinzai today, although his actual commemoration day is April 11th. Still, our session ends on Buddha's birthday, April 8th. So, I want to begin with some excerpts from Master Rinzai's teachings and tell you just a little bit, since almost everybody here knows about this great master who lived in 9th century China during the late part of the Tang Dynasty. His teaching was rough, tough, and uncompromising, vigorous. And this vigor 
And this uncompromising spirit is no doubt why his school is thriving today. Here at Daibosatsu Zendo, and very few places in the United States where Soto Zen is much more popular, but still in Japan and now more so uh, than before in China, too. One of the most important terms in the Book of Rinzai is buji. I mentioned buji the other day. And Eido Roshi, who translated the Rinzai Roku in the early years of this 21st century, has a note on Buji that really conveys not only Rinzai's teachings, but also has great relevance for the koan today. So I'll read an excerpt. Master Rinzai uses the term buji more than 20 times. It is obvious that this is the main theme of his teaching. Bu means no or negation. Ji is event, matter, action, phenomena, affair, thing. Literally, buji means to negate all ji. What does that mean? Life is ji. Getting old is ji. Sickness is ji. Passing away is ji. In fact, from morning till night, we are in the midst of ji. We have the tendency to think that by doing various practices, ji, we can reach a point where delusions disappear and there is nothing further to seek. This view is a deception. How could reality be altered by practice? And I want to comment on this. Someone practiced many years, decades, always no, 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 and greatly afflicted by a kind of episodic physical difficulty quite, quite severe, always thinking somehow must be when I finally can get rid of this terrible affliction, then I can finally at last enter, break through this 
जी session mind realizing no no deception delusions illness pain is exactly where the breakthrough occurs It's not out there. And it's not various practices in order to eventually. It's right here in the midst. And realized samsara is nirvana. to return to Adaroshi's text. Yet you may ask, if buji implies doing nothing, then why do we have to practice? Isn't doing nothing in the usual passive sense of the phrase enough? At the same time, isn't our very being one of ji? and isn't our very being the source of all our problems and suffering can we negate or transcend our own limited being when we completely realize the true nature of the universe what seems to be g is in fact none other than buji none other than bo there is nothing to do no matter how hard we try from a slightly different perspective the closest english word to buji is now or as it is right now can you improve nowness or as it isness of course not at this moment can you or your circumstances be otherwise when you understand that the present moment is all there is You have no choice but to come to a radical acceptance. And it is this radical acceptance which is none other than true peace and composure. Buji means to be one with suchness. The unconditional nature of let it be with nothing wanting. nothing superfluous and quote chapter 3 of the first section of rinzairoku gives us a really 
quintessential taste of Rinzai's radical Zen. Ascending the high seat, the master said, from your lump of red flesh, there is a true person without rank who is always going out and coming in through the face. If you have not yet testified to this, look, look. Then a monk came forward and asked, what about the true person without rank? The master got down from his seat, grabbed him and said, speak, speak. The monk was going to say something, whereupon the master pushed him away and said, the true person without rank, what a piece of shit. Then the master returned to his quarters. Lump of red flesh, it's a way of speaking of this, this body. G, which most of the time we take so much for granted until we get very sick or seriously injured and then we feel Oh, precious, please stay. Please, heart, keep pumping. Lungs, keep inflating. Liver, kidneys, please keep purifying. Blood, lymph, keep circulating. this lump of red flesh. Rinzai says, always going out and coming in through the face, through the gate of the face, eyes, nose, ears, mouth, this true person without rank. is this true person he demands of us? Have you met this one? Can you testify to this? How do you respond? Right here. Right now. What is this that is always going out and coming in. So when Roshi gave a Taisho on this here at DBZ on July 31st, 1971, which we published in Namudai Bosak, this true person, he said, goes in and out of each pore of your skin, 
in and out of your whole body, not only in and out of your face. And don't make the mistake of thinking there are two things here, the true man and yourself. They are not two. It's only that the expression is misleading. Recognize this true man. Those who have not yet experienced him, look, look. Have you looked? So a brave monk came forward. This coming forward is exactly what Rinzai Zen demands. No shrinking violence. No waiting until you feel, oh, now I'm better prepared. Now I won't make a fool of myself. No. Right now, coming from this moment, this space. So this monk challenged Master Inzai. What about this true person without rank? And the master got down from his seat and seized him. Speak! Speak! Soen Roshi also told us that the Chinese character for speak means Tao, way. So you might be familiar with the urban street cross-examination. One person says, no way. The other person says, way, speak, way. Monk was about to say something, and in that moment, Rinzai crushed about to. Even a hair's breadth of uncertainty or hesitation, he could sense. Pushing him away, he said, True person without rank. What a piece of shit. And returned to his quarters. So, what do you think? Was he scolding the monk? You are the monk. Was he scolding the monk? True person without rank. What a piece of shit. Was he making some negative evaluation? Say, too late. Therefore, piece of shit. You might take it that way. You have to look more deeply. Rinzai is speaking for the monk. 
tiny hesitation. Couldn't speak quickly enough. What is the worth of this person, this true person, without rank? What's this true person good for? Ninza is asking us this. He's depriving us of our usual way of thinking. Oh, bad monk didn't get it. Or me bad didn't get it. Again in his Teisho of 1971, Son Roshi quotes the Gospel according to Thomas. Jesus saw some babies who were taking the breast. He said to his disciples, these little ones who suck are like those who enter the kingdom. They said to him, if we were little, would we enter the kingdom? Jesus said to them, when you make the two become one, and when you make the inside like the outside, and the outside like the inside, and the upper like the lower, and if you make the male and female one, so that the male is no longer male, and the female no longer female. This is the end of the quote in this Teisho for Soen Roshi. Then he, Soen Roshi, says, No rank. What is male, female, man, woman? Do you understand? Many times I am asked, Is Kanzeon Bodhisattva male or female? Sometimes Kanzeon becomes male. Sometimes, female, because Kanzeon has no rank. Kanzeon can become anybody or anything. Whether you become a bodhisattva like Kanzeon or some poor, miserable creature is up to you. How many of you believe this? That it's not your circumstances. It's up to you. Nobody. No? <laughs> Only one person. Okay. Jesus continued, and when you put an eye in the place of an eye, and a hand in the place of a hand, and a foot in the place of a foot, then you will enter into the kingdom. And so in Roshi comments, a hand is a hand, but we are unable to realize what this means. This is hand. Although their language is different, 
Rinzai and Christ are saying the same thing. Suchness is the eye that sees, the ear that hears, the mouth that eats and drinks. One year after giving that Taisho, September 1972, in the fourth anniversary, New York Zendo Shoboji Soen Roshi gave transmission to Edo Roshi and gave him the Shitsugo or Roshi name, Mui Shitsu, true man without rank. Calligraphy that testifies to this is hanging in the main entrance. So two days ago, we met with Joshu. And remember, after his teacher's death, Nansen's death, he went on 20-year pilgrimage, the age of 60, and established his own place finally at the age of 80, not far from Rinzai's temple. And while on that pilgrimage, testing his understanding with great masters of the time, one day he went to Rinzai's place. In chapter 17 of the section Cross-Examinations in the Rinzai Roku, we find Master Rinzai washing his feet. And Joshu comes and sees him and asks, what was the intention of Bodhidharma coming from the West? Famous line. In other words, show me what your Zen is. What's this guy have to offer me? Rinzai said, Just now, I am washing my feet. What could be more down to earth? And Joshu then approached, gesturing as if to listen. Hey, don't you have something to say? Testing further. Master Rinzai said, Would you like to receive a second ladle of dirty water? Joshu departed. Wonderful meeting of two amazing Zen masters. So today's case, Keishu, Keishu the wheel maker, was formulated by 
Getan Zenka. And we really don't know much about him. All we know is that he lived about two generations before Mumon, Mumon Ekai, probably early 12th century. Keichu is said to have been the inventor of the two-wheeled horse-drawn cart in ancient China. And evidently, he made a particularly impressive cart, magnificent cart that had a hundred spokes. And Master Getan is using this cart as a teaching device for his monks. So he says, he made a cart whose wheels had a hundred spokes. Now suppose we took the cart and removed both the wheels and the axle. What would you have? What happens when the wheels and axle are taken away? Logical mind says, what? No cart. Yeah, it don't work so good, right? No function. Cart, how does it work? Can't function at all. What we have is just some kind of useless box. This kind of logical way of looking at it, of course, doesn't really work. That's what doesn't work. One of my students who's a resident at ONG graduated from college last May and he's been looking for work this whole time. He's very good at what he does. He's supposedly, a, supposedly he's a genius at writing computer programs. And time after time, he has applied and been rejected at whatever jobs come up. And there are very few in the Syracuse area in his field. So recently he decided he'd better look in California where this kind of work is much more prevalent. And he got a, a job interview by phone. He was really anxious about this interview that he was going to have. So I spoke with him before session started to uh, give him my encouragement and support, although I really don't want him to go to California. But anyway... So I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm so stressed out. 
I've been trying to think of every possible question that they could ask and prepare for everything. And I've been composing all these answers and I'm just beside myself. I'm beside myself. I'm feeling anything but whole anywhere but here. Just spinning the wheels and going nowhere. All the spokes, all hundred spokes are a blur and feeling after all this preparation I don't even think I can speak. I don't think I can function when I have this interview. So I said, well, you've done all the work. You've done thorough preparation. Now, just let it be. Just sit. Enter into and when the time comes for the interview, confidence comes. Spontaneity is at hand. There's always going to be a question for which you're not prepared. And if you don't know the answer, very fine, just say, I don't know the answer. How refreshing. Just to be cart without wheels, without axle, just functioning as appropriate. He had the interview and... uh, I don't know how it went because I haven't talked to him. But I think probably went well. So this cart. What's happening? We have no wheels. We have no axle. Remember what Buddha said in Dhammapada after he attained enlightenment. Oh, house builder, you have now been seen. You shall build the house no longer. All your rafters have been broken. Your ridgepole shattered. My mind has attained to unconditional freedom. Achieved is the end of craving. This removing the wheels and axles, after all, what we're really starting to feel in fifth day session. And all those interior monologues and dialogues and certitudes and 
opinions and commentaries and evaluations and criticisms and judgments and systems and schemes and formulae. Just get tired out. Just ebb away. And all the quantifying and codifying and deciphering and defining, analyzing all the anxious feelings about whether we're good enough, whether we're worthy, and what we're doing, what we should be doing. All these stripped away. And even so, things arise. We notice. We notice we're still clinging to preference. We still would like that comfort zone. We still would like some predictability. And yet, We see them as they arise and we see them for what they are. Enticements to further enslavement. Most of us come to Zen practice from some tradition, Judaism or Christianity, some tradition that we were born into, or maybe no particular religion in our family, but we think, okay, I'm going to come to Zen, which is just sitting and doesn't have anything to do with any of that. And then we discover something called Zen Buddhism and altars and bowing and chanting and seems like, oh, it's not so pared down after all. And eventually, it all starts feeling quite natural. And there may be some wonderful rediscovery of something we thought we no longer wanted to have anything to do with. So, I was thinking about God. I know that sounds really funny. And it is kind of meant as a joke. But this is what was happening to me before Hokuto's talk yesterday. I was thinking about God. And then he gave his talk. And I was, uh aha. So it may be helpful 
To see this cart with no wheels and no axle as God. You know, even prior to heaven and earth, which God in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam is said to have created, right? Even prior to heaven and earth is God. In Isaiah 44, 6, God says, I am the first. I am the last. What comes before God? What comes after? So God is said to have created the heavens and the earth and then humans he created and the humans that he created went on to create reasons for the wonders around them the snowflakes that are falling the sun that rises the moon and the stars spring pushing up. And these reasons became codified as what? Religions? Isms? Theories? Doctrines? Dogmas? Science, politics, all started from looking around. Wow. Did you ever have a book that said nothing but wow? Just wow, that's it. And humans also became owners. So we got real estate, even on the moon. And, therefore, a lot to defend and fight over. Claims and systems of belief. So when we drop the everything, yes, drop away, cast off the wheels and the axle, then what? Maybe we can actually see God. Moses asked God what his name was. That's a typical human, right? Here in the presence of God. Oh, and by the way, what's your name? God said, I am that I am. 
Amazing. So we can experience this in our own zazen. I am. That I am. We can really investigate what is Buddha? What is God? Huh? What can we say about what is your name? I am that I am. Or just is what all the mystics, Sufi mystics, Jewish mystics, Christian mystics, experience. And it's what we, we may not think we are doing anything mystical, just this pared down zazen, but believe me, it's what we're doing. It's mystical. Hokuto talked about miracles and he asked, do you believe in miracles? Now, I think that was a song by Smokey Robinson. (laughs) Yeah? I won't sing it. (laughs) When we just experience this nameless one. We are creating the entire universe. This multiverse. This breath. And letting it freely dissolve again. Manifesting stillness and movement. The bell is struck, getting up, walking to the zendo, walking to yoga, walking to the dining room, and after session ends, perhaps driving a car north, south, east, or west. True miracles. This morning, diamonds everywhere, glittering the snow. In the Tao Te Ching, there is a famous verse that really speaks to this koan. Probably some of you know it by heart. Feel free to join in. We join spokes together in a wheel, but it is the center hole that makes the wagon move. We shape clay into a pot, but it is the emptiness inside that holds whatever we want. We hammer wood for house, but it is the inner space that makes it livable. We work with being, but non-being 
is what we use. This is the cart with no wheels and no axle. Gaetan speaks about this cart and he said this K2, the first wheel maker, made this very special cart with a hundred spokes. K2 was superb craftsman, evidently. But this great cart with its wheels and axle, their hundred spokes, smooth and beautiful, and all the fine carpentry that went into it, that wasn't what made it work. The center hole, the emptiness inside, the inner space, we just have to know to enter there. as Rinzai Roku's Buji tells us. Now, as it is, I have a friend, an artist named Jerome Whitkin, who is a genius of a painter. He has works in the Uffizi, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, all over. And one day, I was in his studio, and he said, I just finished a painting. And he said, when I looked at it, I asked, who painted that? Angel, an angel must have come and painted it. It wasn't me. He wasn't boasting, all right? He was just in awe. Something came through him. And I think all of us have experienced how great art, music, literature can create this feeling of awe, both in the creator and also in the receiver. Yet still, somehow, often we feel some gap, great though it may be, some not quite intimate. There's something, there's a product, something that can be hung or performed red, but it's still a thing of its time. It's valued and yet perhaps doesn't last. It's dependent on cultural sensibilities. But in Zen we have Art that isn't just a matter of creating something beautiful to behold, but rather what Houston Smith called spiritual technology. 
as it is, as it is, ness, directly conveyed. Maybe rice paper with a brush, maybe haiku, maybe a bowl of tea. No gap, no doer, and just this bougie. As most of you know, the epicenter of the earthquake that struck on March 11th was just off the beautiful islands of Matsushima, where Basho spent his later years. And in the 17th century, when he lived, there was a haiku contest. Hundreds of poets submitted entries, some of them praising the bay or the islands, some of them praising the pine trees, the mountains, very evocative descriptions of place. But the winner, the winner of the contest was Basho. And his haiku goes like this. Ah, Matsushima. Ah, ah, Matsushima. St. John of the Cross, we heard him yesterday saying, God is a circle whose center is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere. I have another friend, Kaz Tanahashi, also an artist and a scholar and translator, who did a series of brushwork circle paintings. He called them miracles of each moment. Each one is in very colorful paint and the center seems to be everywhere. Very dynamic. No circumference in that brushstroke circle. All center. St. John of the Cross also said, to reach satisfaction in all, desire to possess it in nothing. To come to the knowledge of all, desire the knowledge of nothing. To come to possess all, Desire the possession of nothing. To arrive at being all. 
desire to be nothing. So like the Tao Te Ching. So like this koan. Let's take off the wheels and axle. Just be nothing. And go on your way. And that made me think of a quote from T.S. Eliot. It goes like this. Only those who risk going too far can ever find out how far one can go. So here we are. We're here to take a risk. Every sitting is a risk of getting completely out of our supposed comfort zone. We're making a fundamental shift. We're finding out who is the center our own circle and doing this as Mumon says in his comment your eye will be like a shooting star your spirit like a flash of lightning when you hear speak you'll speak perhaps wordlessly perhaps with words Utterly free. As Joshu said to the second of the two hermits he met with, free to give, free to take, free to kill, free to save. Uman's verse. When the spiritual wheel turns, even a master fails to understand. It travels in all directions, above, below, north, south, east, and west. When the spiritual wheel turns, the wheel of Dharma. Let no thought be wasted over it, goes the English translation in the meal verse. It's beyond, beyond understanding, beyond imagination, beyond depiction, beyond description, beyond place. Time. Just as Basho wrote, Ah, 
Matsushima. All we can say is, ah, Daibosatsu Mountain. Ah, Namu Daibosatsu.